This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, October 8, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. The president's so-called war on oil must confront facts now and again, and the facts don't support the claims that the president is actively working to raise the price of oil. Cato Institute senior fellow Jerry Taylor comments. If we're going to talk about this war on oil in the Obama administration, the first thing you want to do is know what's happening to oil production in the United States. Well, it turns out that oil production in 2008 was about 5 million barrels a day in the United States. Today, it's about 5.7 million barrels a day. So oil production's up and not down. So first of all, one might think some war. Uh, Of course, maybe it would be greater if the Obama administration were to get out of the way. The Romney administration points to oil production on federal lands, which is down 14 percent last year, as evidence that the Obama administration is strangling production. But oil production is up 11 percent over the entire course of the Obama administration relative to the Bush administration. So there was a drop last year. But on the whole, oil production on federal lands is up and not down uh, under the Obama regime. Most of that decline last year occurred from, uh, or in 2011, occurred from declines in offshore oil production. Onshore oil production in the United States on federal lands actually went up. It's offshore where it went down. So why did that happen? Well, it turns out bad weather was one reason. Uh, Another reason were the lingering effects from the moratorium that followed from the Maconda spill in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. But that moratorium has now been lifted. So that's an event that's come and gone. And then there's just the timing of development projects. You, know, you, you have uh, uh, wells coming online, offline, and uh, so there's going to be some natural variation. That's what's in play. You don't really see any systematic uh, policy beyond, you know, beyond the moratorium, really, that would explain that. So the bottom line is the Obama administration really isn't doing a heck of a lot to frustrate oil production in the United States. Uh, and it's something that uh, they have no plans on the horizon to uh, go forward with either. And it seems odd to make an argument that the president of the United States, who presumably wants to be reelected, is doing his best to make uh, retail gas prices higher than they otherwise would be. Well, you know, I, I think that's true. And no politician, particularly no uh, sitting president who's up for reelection, uh, wants to go into an election with gasoline prices at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine dollars a gallon. Uh, the higher the gasoline price, the more dangerous it is for incumbents, wherever they might be. Uh, however, uh, some people on the right will say, well, look, Stephen Chu, the Secretary of Energy, has talked about the need to get U.S. gasoline prices more in line with where they are in Europe. And if you dollarize those costs, that's about $9 a gallon. Uh, and so a lot of people on the right say, look, this is clearly their ambition. Uh, the same thing in the electricity sector. Obama, during the 2008 presidential campaign, Uh, argued that his ambition was to make uh, uh, coal-fired electricity so expensive that there was no room in the market for it. On the other hand, you know, that's all well and good when you're trying to gin up your base. uh, But when it comes to actual policy, we don't see much evidence of any of this sort of thing going on. The Romney uh, campaign, uh, when when it's confronted with information about how much more crude oil production we have and that sort of thing, say, yeah, but, you know, permit applications are off. And uh, the Obama administration is not, you know, issuing as many permits. And that's an exa- an- another bit of evidence to suggest there's this war on crude. But we don't want to look – telling us how many permits have been issued, and they're down uh, last year in the Obama administration, doesn't really tell us what we want to know. What we want to know is how many uh, – what percentage of the permit applications have been rejected by the Obama administration. And if there's a very high number, then that might suggest there's some evidence for the charge. Well, it turns out over the entire four, uh, three years, uh, 2008, 2011, uh, of course, the Obama administration, uh, permit applications were approved at a rate of about 93 percent. 
during the eight years of the Bush administration, permit applications were approved at a rate of 75%. Last year, the Obama administration approved a slightly more than 99% of all permit applications for drilling on federal land. So there's just no evidence whatsoever that the administration is saying no to permits. The Romney, the Romney campaign says, well, there's also delays. You know, the permits take a long time to move through the chain. And that's true. Uh, during the last year of the Bush administration, it took 212 days for a permit to be approved by the federal government. Today, it takes a little, uh, about 307 days uh, last year to get a permit through the process. About, so it's, it's slower now in the Obama administration. Uh, but half of that increased time it takes to move a permit occurred after the Baconda spill in the Gulf. So it's no surprise that after a big event like that, the federal bureaucracy is going to look a little bit more carefully at these permit applications. Uh, and that probably would have happened whether John McCain had won in 2008, if Mitt Romney happened to be in the White House in 2008 uh, and had won that election. So that's not particularly surprising. Uh, there, there seems to be some reason for that complaint and things could move a little quicker. But uh, the difference between, uh, you know, Getting, getting a, a well online uh, in 200 days versus 300 days is something no American consumer is ever going to notice. What's interesting to me is after all of the uh, sturm und drang that the uh, Romney campaign is throwing down on Obama's war on crude, what exactly does Romney propose uh, uh, to remedy uh, this, this war? Uh, it's incredibly anemic. He wants to address the, uh, per the, the, the uh, permitting problem by turning over federal permitting processes to state regulators. His argument is that, well, in North Dakota and Ohio and other states, it only takes a few weeks to get a permit through. It takes the feds over 300 days. So let's give it to the states. They're really good at this. Well, the problem here, of course, is that uh, federal regulators have to navigate federal law and federal statutes, which are far more sweeping and far more onerous on permanent ap uh, applicants than our state laws. So if you're trying to drill on state land or on private land, you don't have to navigate anywhere near the, the amount of regulations and, uh, and uh, legal requirements you have to navigate on federal land. So just turning it over to state regulators is probably isn't going to help a whole lot. You're going to have Fed-like delays simply because the uh, regulatory architecture is radically different if you want to drill on federal lands. And Romney doesn't propose to do anything about that regulatory architecture. Uh, he says that, you know, he'll uh, turn over uh, uh, permit application to the states, and he says he's going to open up more land than the Obama administration would. But if you look at what exactly he's proposing here, he's talking about opening up offshore areas off the states of Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. That's it. That's not where the big oil and gas deposits are, which are off the coast of Florida, California, and Alaska, currently off limits to the industry. And there's nothing wrong with opening up those states. Those states are, uh, for the most part, in favor of offshore drilling. Uh, but that's a fairly anemic response. He doesn't even offer. He doesn't even promise to open up Anwar, and uh, all that the Romney uh, uh, energy plan says is, well, we'll take into consideration local concerns, environmental issues, and uh, what's good for American business in the course of deciding things like Anwar. Well, that's just pure mush. That's what everyone's going to say. So. Romney's remedy for the war on crude oil is a big fat nothing. It's a lot of rhetoric about, and, and in my opinion, great overstatement about what's going on in the, the Obama administration, but his remedies are uh, utterly unimpressive. One of the things that uh, the Romney campaign talks about most when it talks about the war on oil is the Keystone XL pipeline. You know, that is the uh, episode which uh, animates a lot of Romney's argument, and uh, it's an episode that he uses to uh, uh, buttress the charge. 
And he, in fact, has said on several occasions, if he has to, he'll go down there and finish that pipeline himself, which would be a wonderful thing to see, Mitt Romney rolling up his sleeves and helping to build a pipeline. Uh, but, you know, a couple of things to keep in mind here. Uh, the delay on the XL pipeline hasn't reduced U.S. oil or gas production one bit. Uh, what that, the issue involved with XL is whether we're going to refine Canadian crude oil in the uh, Gulf uh, refineries of the United States or whether Canada is going to ship it, say, to China and have it refined there. So there's merit to completing the pipeline, in my opinion. But the idea that the uh, inability of this administration to uh, let that project go forward or the unwillingness of the administration to let that project go forward is somehow hurting U.S. oil or gas production is just silly. It has nothing to do with it. Now, Romney, of course, says it may have something to do with jobs. You know, Romney argues that 100,000 jobs could be created if we were to let that pipeline go forward. So he's using it not only as part of his energy rhetoric, but as part of his economic recovery program. Well, the 100,000 job figure is complete fantasy. Uh, what he's doing is mixing jobs that have already been created uh, through other stages of the pipeline with jobs that might be created by finishing the pipeline. In other words, looking at total jobs created by the pipeline project, not the jobs at stake with finishing the pipeline project. He's also using multipliers uh, that uh, would cause Republicans to go into conniption if uh, Democrats are using these kind of multipliers to justify green jobs programs. And if, uh, if you look at the actual jobs being created, uh, the only independent study to do this found not 100,000 jobs created by finishing the pipeline, but about 4,600 jobs created by finishing the pipeline, only 50 of which would be permanent. Now, that's not an argument against the pipeline, but it is an argument that the Romney campaign is forwarding arguments that are just palpably ridiculous on their face. Jerry Taylor is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.